Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the Anime Limited Podcast, coming to you on Monday the 6th of April 2020. I am Jeremy Graves and I am joined as per usual by the one and only Mr. Andy Hanley. Hello everybody, I'm, I'm going to give people an advance warning that there is somebody outside my window looking very menacing with a leaf blower, so uh, if you get some uh, some interesting background audio, it is it is uh, the joys of, of spring and people mowing lawns and blowing leaves apparently. So, in some ways, it's funny you mention that, not because it's me, but because it I've currently got, like, what I would best describe as near-gale-force winds plummeting my window, huh. which I'm sort of very close to while recording this. So, I will say, if people can hear the sound of wind in the background, it's probably trying to come through my windows at the moment. Yeah, uh, this this tells you just how, like, localised weather is in Glasgow, because, yeah, it's, like, pretty calm and sunny here, but we did have hail earlier, so, like, you know, just take your pick, it's a movable feast of weather. And this is already the most British podcast we've ever done, just talking about the weather. <laughs> but the thing is, though, mate, everyone knows that, I mean, most people who live in Glasgow know, if you live in Glasgow, no matter what the weather looks like outside, always have a brolly in, in your bag. Yeah. Just it's, always it's, have something on standby. It continues to surprise me how many people get caught out by that, including myself, to be fair, sometimes, because I just like have that moment of realising, oh, I didn't put my umbrella in my bag today, I'm an idiot. And then it's a torrential downpour, and you're like, well, this journey home's going to suck. Yeah, I mean, that's not, it's always the journeys into the office. Like, remember when we used to have to go to an office? Um, but what, like, what, they, what, what, What's that? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> one day we'll be telling our children of of the times when we had to actually walk to a, to a place of work. But that was always the worst thing is like, you know, get, going home is fine because if I get drenched, I can just change. But if I get to the office, it's not like I have a spare set of clothes there. So I just have to sit and be miserable and drag everybody else into my misery by complaining about how wet I am for like hours on end. I mean, you didn't have spare clothes. I was one to always keep a spare change of clothes in the office for some stupid reason. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I did like countenance doing it at some point, but it's like, ah, oh, you know, how often does this happen? And then, of course, it happens again. I'm like, eh, yeah, I should probably do something. But anyway, office yeah. problems. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, hindsight twenty twenty. I don't know why I had a spare change of clothes in the office on standby the whole time. But with that being said, everyone, we're here to talk about anime, allegedly. So uh, <laughs> we'll move on to the topic at hand. If you're listening for the first time, thank you very much for checking us out. We are from alltheanime.com. We are the UK's largest independent distributor of Japanese animation, be it on home video, when we could do it in the cinema, digitally, and who knows what else. If you want to hit us up on social media, you can find our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at all the anime. Just put in the corresponding URL and then all the anime, all one word, afterwards. Speaking of our web shop at alltheanime.com, we have currently got an Easter sale going on because, yes, everyone, Easter is later this week, so we got our sale started last week on Friday because that's how we roll. Currently, the first couple of days of offers, which are ongoing throughout various periods of this sale, are active. You can pre-order our upcoming Blu-ray Limited Collector's Edition release of Mobile Suit Gundam 0083. That will include the 13-part OVA series as well as the film Afterglow of Xeon. You can pre-order that for a special price until Thursday at our alltheanime.com online shop. And going right through the sale period until Monday, you can also save big on our Cowboy Bebop Ultimate Edition release and our Perfect Blue Ultimate Edition release as well. 
But you should also make a note that we did also bring, uh, make available, I should say, the, just the storyboard collection portion of the Ultimate Edition, available as its own individual book as well. If you just want to order the book, you can save on that as well, all exclusively at alltheanime.com. When it comes to new products that are available, out today, the 6th of April, are the CD soundtrack version, the CD soundtrack version, that's not a phrase, the CD version of the official soundtrack of Fooly Cooly. That is available now from our alltheanime.com online shop. Should be available to order from other retailers very soon, but given the current state of things, folks, give it a little bit of time. And also Persona 5 The Daybreakers, the OVA special that led, that was actually originally released prior to the Persona 5 video game a while back. That is now available on Blu-ray. It is a subtitle-only release, and you can get your hands on that now. Other upcoming releases you should probably keep an eye out for. Ajin Season 2, Welcome to the Ballroom Part 2, Gundam Wing Endless Waltz. And then next week, we've also got Neverending Man Hayao Miyazaki, the documentary focusing on Miyazaki retiring, then unretiring, to make Borrow the Caterpillar at the Ghibli Museum in Japan, and also the series Anonymous Noise. Both of those will be available next week. And other products to keep an eye out for as well, standard edition Blu-ray of Gundam The Origin 5 to 6, and then, exclusive to both our alltheanime.com online shop and zavi.com, Testament of Sister New Devil Season 1 and 2 limited edition set on Blu-ray, and a Eureka 7 Blu-ray complete series collection. All the details on those products I've just mentioned available right now at alltheanime.com. Andy, in that uh, giant stream of words I just said, did I miss anything? Um, no, I don't think so. But yeah, as you mentioned, like Easter sale is ongoing. So, you know, check back every day around five o'clock for a new deal because uh, we've got some some more good stuff coming up. So uh, get, get, get it while it's hot. And indeed, by the time you guys are hearing this, actually, because if I've got my timings right, that's how it should work out. Our latest deal that has launched today, Monday 6th of April, 4.24 hours until about 4.30-ish p.m. tomorrow on Tuesday the 7th, you can save on Attack on Titan Raw of Awakening, that being the theatrical presentation of Season 2 of Attack on Titan. It's a pretty solid film, actually, so if you fancy a bit of Attack on Titan in your life, you can pick up our collector's edition of that right now for a special price until around 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday the 7th of April, with a new deal launching every day at 5 p.m. right through this coming Sunday, with the sale concluding on Monday. So, Andy, we've had the weekend. We, we did a lot of podcasting last week, it's got to be said. <laughs> lots and lots of stuff. We, we've watched a lot, we've talked a lot, but, but let's discuss some of the things we've been watching over this past weekend, or maybe indulging it a little bit. So, uh, what's your first round draft pick of what you want to talk about today? Uh, yeah, so I mean, basically, I've, I've been abusing company privilege uh, because having mentioned that it is now available for pre-order, I, I've been watching the uh, the OVA series of uh, Gun Mobile Suit Gundam 0083. Uh, oh man, our... I so badly want to see this. Yeah, so we, we got our initial set of, of check this through just to kind of, you know, give them a, a QC once over and make sure that everything is hunky and indeed dory. And uh, so... It kind of seemed like, given that I had them delivered to my home, it would be rude not to watch it. Um, so I, I have spent the weekend uh, indulging in Gundam 0083. And I, I guess my, my top line is, it's possibly my favourite Gundam thing that I've watched so far. Like, it's definitely quite high up there in terms of, you know, good Gundam for me. 
Um, so, I, 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 sorry to interject, but just to sort of set the scene here a little bit, what would you say at this point is your Gundam experience in terms of what you've seen before? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess my, my starting point, really, I mean, I, I had an abortive starting attempt at Gundam Unicorn because somebody told me, like, oh, yeah, that's a good starting point for Gundam. They were lying. That's not true at all. Like, Gundam Unicorn doesn't really, like, you need you need more prior Gundam knowledge than, than I had at that point, at least, to... To get into that, um, so my kind of entry point ended up being Gundam: The Origin, uh, which you know is a solid entry point because clearly it's the origin, and also you know it's new and modern, so you don't have to kind of deal with some of the the older kind of slightly ropier animation. Um, and from there, I've kind of you know I, I've bounced through all the kind of Universal Century stuff effectively. So uh, the original movie trilogy, um, Zeus Gundam, um, Charles Counterattack, and I've watched a decent chunk of like Gundam Wing. Uh, other kind of side stuff like Gundam Thunderbolt, so on and so forth. So like Origin and Thunderbolt are kind of like my two top tier, like absolutely adore these Gundam series thus far. Like Wing is pretty high up there, but I've not watched the second half yet and really need to. Um, but yeah, like 0083 has definitely like pushed its way up into those those upper echelons quite quite handily. So what to try and sum it up then, because while this is like a standalone story, it is fairly reliant on at least some prior knowledge of Gundam, if I'm correct. So how would you sort of set the scene for where this fits into things and also what the sort of overall premise is? Yeah, so you'll, you'll be shocked to hear that Gundam 0083 takes place in the year 0083 in the Universal oh. Century. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, it's a few years after the, the end of the One Year War that is kind of, you know, the sort of center point of original mobile suit Gundam like the, the Federation have kind of like come out victorious and are kind of uh, have kind of gotten into a slightly kind of lackadaisical sort of attitude of just like well everything's fine now everything's great um but of course that's not strictly true um there are kind of the, the, one of the interesting things about 0083 is that there are kind of fractured offshoots of Xeon that are kind of Pinging about each to their own ends, and uh, there, there, there's some really interesting stuff, especially later in 0083, where you've got kind of a, a couple of different factions almost of Xeon who both have very different takes on like you know how to how to get by in this big kind of post one year war world, um, and effectively the the, the core sort of cliff note um, elevator pitch for, for 0083 is uh, they somebody somewhere in the Federation decided you know what we need we need a gun down with with nuclear capability. Oh, um, God. And, yeah, like, as it turns out, that's kind of a bad idea, especially when somebody goes and steals said Gundam with nuclear capability. Um, so that's kind of the opening episode. The opening premise is, you know, there's a really cool-looking Gundam. It, it has a nuclear weaponry attached to it, and the, the idiots in the Federation let somebody steal it. Um, and so, you know, that pretty much sells itself in terms of the, the setup for, for what's going on. Um, but yeah, like there, there's some really cool things about 0083 that, uh, I don't know, I, I think the thing that, that made episode one in particular stand out to me is, I think this is the first time a Gundam series has really made me think about the sense of scale of everything in that world. Like, I mean, right, right at the very start is kind of a good starting point. Um, the, the kind of, the first episode is set in Australia, and you kind of get a shot where there's sort of um, the, the big, um, like, Pegasus-class, like, ship uh, spacecraft is kind of, like, flying over what's, what is this huge body of water in Australia, and a character who is, like, new to Earth, like, you know, lived in space all life, like, oh, like, where are we right now? 
like, oh, we're basically here, but this is the crater that was left behind by Operation British, the colony drop in original Gundam. Like, it's 500 kilometers wide. And, like, that's a really kind of striking moment of just, like, A, referring back to something from original Gundam, and B, just, like, giving you a sense of just, like, how vast and devastating that particular thing was within the world of Gundam. Um, And that kind of sense of scale is something that episode one plays with really well. Like, you get really good viewpoints of the Gundams and the mechs kind of from a human point of view. Like, and you get to really appreciate just how massive they are. Like, I feel like Gundam often sort of downplays just like, oh yeah, here are these really cool robots, but you don't always get viewpoints that make you think like, oh, these things are massive. Like these are really kind of vast constructions. Like there's a great moment in episode one where a character literally kind of cricks his neck trying to look up at a Gundam. He's just like, ow, my neck. That was, that hurt. (laughs) And like it's a, a good comedy moment, but it's also a good like this is the scale of this thing. This is huge. Um and there's also similar moments with like the uh um the the Albion, which is kind of like the white base kind of uh analog of, of 0083, where they kind of like the the characters just kind of exclaim like this thing is massive. Like, this is really huge because one of the other great things that this series does is because it's set, like, after the one-year war, you have a really interesting blend of characters because you have, like, veterans of that conflict who have kind of, you know, lived through the whole kind of Federation versus Zeon uh, war and, like, have their own kind of unique takes and stories and kind of knowledge and so on and so forth from it. And then that's offset by characters who have basically, like, signed up to the military post-one-year war. Like, and they are kind of, like, the newbies who... Like, they, they know the events from history books, and that's kind of it. And, like, you know, they're suddenly meeting characters who they recognize the names because, oh, this was in our textbook as, like, this guy was, like, you know, r- really bad news from for the Federation and stuff like that. And so there are lots of really interesting outlooks in the series where people have come from very, very different backgrounds and are kind of, you know, bashing up against one another in various ways. And that, that gives a really interesting angle to things because it's not just kind of a bunch of people who are sort of you know out for revenge from what happened before or kind of have pre-existing relationships there are there's some of that but there are also completely new characters who are just like who who honestly are kind of going to this not really expecting to have to see any real action like you know again it's very much the calm after the war of just like ah you know we're here to go on like tours of duty and, and mess around with experimental Gundams and stuff. It's not like we're going to have to actually fight anybody. And then of course that all goes awry pretty quickly. So there are some really good kind of unique things that I think really made this work for me because it just, it, it's a, it has all the kind of classic stuff that you would expect of, of a Gundam series, but it also has some good kind of fresh outlooks that, that give it something unique and different. So, you know, stuff I've seen before. Yeah, in in looking at the trailer that we've published on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash alltheanime, for Afterglow of Zeon, which is, in essence, a compilation film, from what what I've sort of read up on, if you will, and whatnot, it essentially condenses episodes, I think it's either 1 to 9 or 1 to 10 of the series, or it it might be 1 to 10, because then it has, like, the remaining couple of episodes to then be sort of played out originally in the cinema before they were released on the home video. Because one of the big differences with this series as well, Andy, which I'm sure you can attest to when it comes to how it looks from its overall presentation, is because this wasn't a TV series and this was an OVA series, which 
for context, it, it meant that each episode was released individually on home video, i.e. VHS, back in the day. So the budgets and maybe the amount of time taken to produce these is far different to how it would have been in a TV series. And just from what I've seen in the trailer, this thing looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is the other standout thing of it is that visually it is absolutely stunning. Like, I mean, again, Gundam the Origin kind of, you know, is, is, is a, has a similar sort of history in a sense. And that is a really great looking Gundam show. But I think this probably even tops that like i mean not least because it's all kind of hand-drawn animation stuff like it's it's early 90s um and yeah like the amount of care and attention and detail that goes into all of this is fantastic like the action scenes are absolutely incredible um you know the character designs are all really good and yeah like that's alongside all the stuff i've already talked about like that's kind of very much the cherry on top is that it is an absolutely stunning series to, to watch. Like every single episode just absolutely knocks it out of the park. And when it comes to the, sort of some of the talent involved, the one that, that stands out to me quite a bit is the fact that Shoji Kawamori, who uh, involved in Escaflone as one, was involved in, I want to say it was Macross Plus Andy, but correct me if I'm wrong because it might be a different part of Macross, but Shoji Kawamori was involved in the actual whole mechanical design aspect of it. And so it looks freaking incredible. Like if you love how, for example, the guy Meloth, the big robots look in Escaflone, you're, this is going to be like catnip to you. Yes, yeah, for, for sure. And it's like, it's it's kind of interesting because it's not the kind of thing... Like, Shoji Karamori is, is somebody who sometimes you can kind of look at their designs and clock it and be like, oh yeah, like it's definitely like Shoji Karamori. But this, like, because it's sort of because it's kind of also shackled to the idea of like, this is what a Gundam looks like. It's still, I wouldn't necessarily have clocked it as being him. um, But like, it's definitely, yeah. Like the, the the actual Gundam designs of this are are fantastic. And again, like really well realized because of how well animated they are. Um, But yeah, like the, all the design work is, is top notch in it as well. So folks, you can pre-order Gundam 0083 right now at our alltheanime.com online shop. That will be arriving in early May, so you haven't got to wait very long for that at all. And um, by the sound of it, Andy, not only have you got me wanting to watch it a heck of a lot more, but this is probably one that people are definitely going to need in their collection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, if, if you're, you're big into to Gundam, like, this is definitely one that, that you want uh, to, to own. So, uh, so yeah, don't, uh, don't delay, don't miss out. So I suppose next on the on the what we've been watching pile, I'll pick one of, of my picks for the day, which I may not have... I'm going to have nowhere near as much to say about it as what you just said about Gundam 0083, but I did check out the first episode of Tower of God, which is one of the new Crunchyroll originals that is simulcasting this season on Crunchyroll. Ah, yeah, I've not gotten around to that one yet, actually. Yeah, well, when it comes to the background of this, admittedly, I probably should have done far more before we started recording, but... This is one of, I want to say it's eight projects, Andy. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, that Crunchyroll essentially commissioned or got the license to, whichever, there's a proper way to phrase it, to then uh, adapt into into anime, in essence. But Tower of God is a unique one because it was originally a webtoon comic, correct? Yes, that is correct. So the first thing to point out with this is the look and feel of the show. It, It feels very much like an anime, but once you're about 10 seconds in, you will immediately realize its presentation is different and it does feel different, but it's still invoking anime tropes in a really, really fun way. The easiest way... Well, this is going to... Oh, this is almost going to sound like a detriment, but the way I I realized how different it was was when you look at 
say, how a character's outline is drawn out. There's just something perhaps a little bit, I guess, rougher is the way to phrase it. Where it, it, it looks like it's a little bit rough around the edges, but in a way where it actually makes it stand out from a stylistic point of view. Mm. And the way the and the way the episode begins, it sort of has almost like a teaser for what's to come later in the episode, which I had no idea what was going on, so I was totally lost. And then it then throws you after the opening title sequence to a scene where a boy and a girl are running through what appears to be a really, really long hallway. And then she then disappears, saying she's going to climb up a tower. He's really, really upset. And then he suddenly gets pulled into, like, through, like, a giant stone door by a giant hand. I was very confused to begin with. (laughs) But this then leads to him being put to a test. And the whole sort of focus of this first episode is, can he pass this test? Not actually having a clue what is going on. Perhaps what he is, because they allude to a few things that maybe he is... I, I want to say they called him an irregular. So, which I, I assume means he's got some kind of ability within him that he's not aware of and stuff. And it's all rega- it's all about this test, and can he advance to the next level of the tower, so he can climb the tower, to find his friend again. And it's really, really cool that the way they introduce certain characters, certain elements into the story... But also very, very much throwing you in at the deep end. And there is there is really not a lot of information that is given to you in this first episode. Unless I just took it in wrong when I was watching it late last night at the time we're recording this. But I, I it has made me very, very intrigued. Because by the time you get to the end of the episode, the goalposts have changed completely for maybe where you thought this was going to go. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're... You're thrown into like an open field in some ways, where suddenly there are apparently like another a couple of hundred characters lurking about, <laughs> and it's got like almost an essence of like Hunger Games or Battle Royale about it in a weird way. It's it, I get a feeling this show is going to be utterly nuts, and the, the the diverse range of characters they've already teased it really makes me excited to see where this is going to go. Especially as coming from someone who literally knows nothing about the source material, who really isn't, really didn't even know that Webtoon comics were a thing before this project was actually announced by Crunchyroll. So I'm going into this very, very blind, but I am very intrigued to see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, I think that generally seems to have been what I've heard from people about this series. Kind of that's that seems to to mesh. Like a lot of people saying, "Oh, this is really confusing," but then suddenly it kind of it starts to to make sense, at least in in, in a way of like, "Oh, I want to see more of this now." So that, that that definitely seems to be the consensus on it. Yeah. So if you want to try something different, everybody, I would definitely give it a shot. Again, be prepared for maybe it feeling a bit different. Because again, I didn't know what to expect going in. So the actual animation style took you know a, a good couple of minutes for me to adjust to, which sounds really weird to say, but it's only because I'm not used to seeing something in that way. Like, for example, when it comes to, say, like an anime perhaps having CG elements to it, at this point, that's just part and parcel of most anime nowadays, arguably. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, there is a CG element to this. But the way it's presented, it feels very unique, but not in a bad way. It's just one you've got to adjust to. I, I, this is another bad example I'm going to give now, but w- was it the Hobbit films, like a few years back, where they were filmed at like a different frame rate? Oh yes, yeah, they yeah. I haven't seen them because I think, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen them to be blunt, so I, I don't really care for them. 
whether that will change one day, who knows. But I just remember the one main comment I heard from people who saw it was it, I, my eyes couldn't adjust to it. And it's nothing as bad as that where you're watching a three-hour film and your eyes don't adjust to it. You'll adjust to it pretty quickly and you'll sort of notice little things throughout going, oh, that's, that's interesting. But it's a really good visual feel that they've got to it. And again, really looking forward to seeing where this develops and the characters that they introduced. I want to see more of them. I better see more of them because they all look pretty rad. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. I definitely need to, to check that out because, uh, yeah, it's sort of been on my... I, sh I should do this list and I hadn't, uh, hadn't gotten around to it just yet. Cool. I'll be honest, mate. I've only really got one more thing I can talk about today because it's been a weekend, folks. Uh, I mean, I might elaborate on why, you know, because it did involve me watching something. It's just not anime related at all. But Andy, what's another anime related thing that you've got for your picks this week? Um, yeah, I've, I've sort of been checking out a few episode ones of, uh, of new season stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think which is is the the most interesting. I mean, probably the the one that that some people might be interested in that didn't quite work for me is um, Gal Cross Dino or Dino. I'm not sure how you want to pronounce it. Uh, which is a new series from the same studio whose name escapes me that brought uh, the the pop team Epic Anime to life. Uh, and they've basically done the same thing with with another manga, and it's very much a case of like if if you were into Pop Team Epic and its anime version in particular, you should definitely watch it because it does all of those kind of same things that that, that does. If if you weren't into it so much because that's quite a divisive show, you probably won't enjoy this one either. But uh, it's definitely like I mean, talking about things that are a bit different and kind of eye catching, this series definitely does that. Like it has a live action segment, it has stop action mo segments to it, it as a really cool looking set of opening credits. So like in terms of visually, at least being like, oh, this is kind of interesting and maybe not what you were expecting. You know, that's probably worth checking out if if Pop Team Epic was your thing. Yeah, Pop Team Epic is something I I never got into. I, I mean, I didn't necessarily try to get into it that much, but from I think I may have checked out the first episode when it was simulcasting, and it just just, just didn't click with me. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of those shows. Like you either kind of get it and are into it from the get go, or you just don't. And uh, yeah, like I was kind of very much in in the latter with that, and I think this will be the same for people. I mean, it's probably it, it has less of a barrier to entry, I guess, than than Pop Team Epic, but like it's still. It still has a sort of a weird presentation that people will either be super into or or not so much. I suspect. Okay, and just to clarify, because the, the name it's already I've already forgotten it only because there were so many words you said. But what was the name of the show again? Uh, it's uh, Gal Cross Dino or Dino, depending on it's it's uh, basically it's a story of of a girl who who goes out drinking, and as we have all done at some point in our lives, we find ourselves waking up the next morning with a dinosaur in our house. Oh, totally, um, yeah, yeah, and, all the time. yeah, and so she just decides being pretty chill about it. It's like, eh, cool, sure, I'll I gotta go to work, but you can hang out if you want. Um, and so yeah, they just end up living together because you know why why not? Um, and that's that's basically the premise. And it's kind of like you know it's it's a sort of daft and weirdly laid back as as that may probably makes it sound. See, the dumb thing is now that you've told me what the synopsis for this thing is that I didn't genuinely had not heard of before you mentioned it. I now want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, fair. that like, synopsis. That's... Your synopsis has just sold me on that, Andy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I ended up checking it out because it's just like I, I kind of saw it pop up in the sort of feed of you know new stuff that was going up. It's like, uh, what's this series again? I can't quite remember. And I just like saw the the, the basic <laughs> pricey of it. It's like, oh well, I feel like I should at least try this. <laughs> 
Well, uh, seeing as you've only got a couple of minutes to wax lyrical about that, how many more things do you have that you can talk about today? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I've got, I've got a couple more that I can go with. Okay, why don't you do another one now? Then I'll dive into what my next one is. Cool. So yeah, the other one that I guess is probably going to end up being one of the the bigger shows of the season is, uh, and, and I'm going to mangle the pronunciation of this. I'm not sure anybody knows how to pronounce it. Is a uh, Gleipnir, uh, which Pardon? is. A- yeah, exactly. Uh, Gleipnir is a series about uh, a teenage boy who is trying to kind of live a normal life and be normal and not stand out as much as possible. Um, but his problem is that occasionally, and seemingly when he gets stressed in, in any way, he basically turns into a weird kind of uh, like mascot character animal. Um, and what? it's, yeah, like it, it has a really kind of, there's a really cool design element like when he turns into that because it's both like your typical sort of, you know, cuddly sort of animal that you would see at like, you know, a theme park or something, like a kind of mascot character, but also that but really menacing with like kind of big claws and just like generally looks kind of ferocious at the same time. Uh, and so basically like he's trying to kind of, well, A, he's kind of trying to figure out what the deal is with that and, you know, make sure like, you know, no, nobody realizes that maybe he's not quite normal. Um, and, uh, basically he finds himself in a situation where like there's, he, he has to rescue a girl from a burning building. And to do so, he basically uses this kind of weird mascot animal form to do so. And then kind of does a runner, um, so that nobody what, sees him. What mascot him. could you possibly use to help someone get out of a burning building? I, I mean, le- basically, it gives him kind of superpowers at the same time. So he has. Like, okay, a, that makes a bit more sense now. Yeah, okay. like he has, inc- <laughs> you know, as as you would expect of like a big kind of creature. Like he has a, a lot of strength and can basically you know, land from great heights without any issues, etc., etc., etc. So he res- rescues this girl. Thinks he's kind of got away with that, except he leaves his phone behind. And as it turns out, this girl is very interested in him and what his deal is as well. Um, And the first episode is really just kind of setting this up and getting these two characters kind of together. And there's clearly a lot of other stuff going on. Like the main character is not the only character that has this ability, as it turns out, by the end of the first episode and so on and so forth. And uh, as that probably makes clear, like it's a really weird series. Like there's there is a lot of kind of strange stuff going on that is kind of not being explained this early on in the show um and it's a pretty fan service series as well like in places which you know again your mileage will very much vary on that um but it's it's a good solid opener like there's a lot of intriguing stuff to it that i just want to see more of to see how it all kind of pans out um so i am curious to uh to watch more of it and see what direction it goes in like i've watched volume one of the manga uh, uh watch volume one read volume one of the manga <laughs> in the past um and that was kind of the same thing of like there are things about this i like there are things about this i don't think i do like but like the general kind of story beats i'm really interested to see where it's going with it so uh so i'll be sticking with it and it's uh i suspect it's going to end up being a, a popular one this season well there we go so the the, the next pick for mine is I think it's what I may have touched on briefly that I was interested in checking out on here before. I can't remember if I actually have or not. But I checked out the first episode of Sakura Wars, the animation. Uh-huh. Now, to sort of... What's the way to put this? Sakura Wars is a franchise which, in the English-speaking world, I think it's fair to say there, there are sort of various elements of it which have never made it into English before. 
I know a decent amount as was maybe localized and released in the US in some way. I think back in a day, like I imported like the, the old DVD release of of the original Sakura Wars anime, which I've not seen in blooming forever, and I kind of really want to go back and watch it now because I've just not seen it in so damn long. But I I think there was maybe like a PlayStation game. It might have been on PS1 or PS2 that got released. Like there may have been a game earlier than that that was released. There's various incarnations of this. But the thing which makes this series a little bit weirder now in the context of that, Andy, is later this month, Sega are releasing the most recent Sakura Wars game on the PS4 in English, in the UK and such. Now, you would think that with this anime now airing, that that would be a wonderful tie-in to that game, wouldn't you? Yes, yes you would. (laughs) So, what I have now discovered is that apparently... Despite the fact that that game is a soft reboot of the franchise, seemingly, because I've not played it yet because I don't know, um, this anime apparently takes place after the events of that game. Okay, they're, they're doing that thing with it, are they? <laughs> yeah, so it's more just kind of like a cruel timing more than anything yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the English release of this. But, it, but, but, but with that in mind, and to try and sort of set the scene a little bit as to what Sakura Wars is all about, it's set in, I think it's the, the, the Taisho era of Japan, and within that time, there are a group of maidens who protected Tokyo known as the Imperial Combat Review. And one really awesome part of it is they've got some awesome abilities. They each pilot their own steampunk-style mech that each have, like, a special ability, like a giant samurai sword, for example, which is really, really rad. But at the same time, they double up as being stage performers and performing some really cool, just like, theat- just like musical theatre shows for-, for the town folk in Tokyo. <laughs> You know, perfect, just perfectly random. I, I love it. That's partly why I love the franchise so much. And the way it works out is there's sort of like a new Imperial Combat review that has been formed to carry on this tradition. And it's led by the character Sakura, who people will be perhaps be familiar with. The main, the main protagonist on the, the video game cover, main protagonist from the original story, who, who is called Sakura. And her team it like performs their brand new show on the stage, and one of their one of their other team members again I I don't know entirely because they just sort of appeared seemingly has returned from a mission with a, a young girl who has completely lost her memory, who's who is from the Moscow bra- uh, Moscow equivalent of the Imperial Combat Review. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but she's got she's got amnesia and she was involved in a giant battle of some kind and she was the only survivor and seemingly now she's being targeted and the reason she's been brought to Tokyo is so that the Imperial Combat Review of Tokyo who are apparently the strongest group in the world based on what they were saying in the episode are going to protect her that's the short of it but the way the episode actually starts is really freaking cool because you know what I love Andy in a good anime that involves a bit of action I love a train fight sequence <laughs> yeah, of course. I love people being on a train, there being some hijinks that happens, and it ultimately ends with people fighting on a roof with some big ass swords or maybe some weird, unique powers of some kind. Also, randomly while having a giant mech robot that looks steampunky appearing to help as well. Hmm. That's the kind of thing I like as a first impression for a series. <laughs> <laughs> And so when it comes to when it comes to how Sakura Wars ends, the the, the young girl whose uh, whose name escapes me, I think it's Clara, is uh, the, the young girl who's sort of been who's being added into the Imperial Combat Review. She's sort of like the latest member, so they can 
help train her, keep her safe, but also more often not just protect her. That's the main sort of dealia bob about it. But it already looks like things are going to go awry because there are like a bunch of demons that come in to attack the Tokyo randomly, <laughs> seemingly. So then you get sort of your, your your typical what you would imagine. What what would the the equivalent of a transformation sequence look like in Sakura Wars when they all run to their to their respective mechs, jump in them, and start activating them? It's a fantastic little montage that happened. I love it. It's very very simple, but it it gets the point very quickly. And through all of this. Battle happens and whatnot, and then they sort of tease there is something else that's going to happen after, but the episode ends at that point. The other interesting thing to note about this show is it's very CG heavy, but not in a detrimental way. It's one of those shows where you notice the CG in certain elements. There are other times where you're like, is that anime or CG? Because it blends that well. And I really, really enjoyed it. Really, really liked it. I love the look of the show. I mean, I've said, I think I've said on here last week, actually, that CG presentation of anime doesn't bother me that much. There were times like years ago when it, it did. Like, I think we mentioned the Berserk Golden Age arc trilogy or the first film in particular of that, but having some proper ropey moments. This works really, really well with that. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing where this is going next. And if you guys are up for something ultra random like that, get on Funimation, check it out. It is a good laugh. Cool, yeah, because Sakura Wars is, is one of those really weird things for me where I, I, I have been aware of Sakura Wars for, like, God knows how many years, but I have never kind of imbibed any of it in any form. Like, I've never played any of the games, never watched any of the anime, Like, but I know it's kind of beloved and it, it often crops up in conversations, but I've never, I've never actually kind of embarked upon it myself at all. Yeah, it's partly why I'm really looking forward to the upcoming PS4 game, which... Obviously, I think it is also partly kind of like a dating sim as well. There are elements of that as well, yes, because yeah. there are obviously some romantic interests about this. But one of the, the parts that, that really, really made me smile while watching this episode, I need to try and find my note that I wrote down as well now so I can actually get the name right, but they were introducing their, their character names as they were jumping in all of their respective mechs, and they're saying their names out loud. And I think one of the characters' names, where I remember, was Claris Snowflake. <laughs> Just the most wonderfully random name. It's like you could almost imagine, just like if they pulled a couple of names out of the hat to see what they got. Yeah, yeah, we're getting into like Gundam character name levels there. So yeah, folks, Sakura Wars episode one. I want to say new episodes are out every Friday on Funimation. I think that's when they're streaming. So if you've got a subscription, why not give it a check out? Cool. And uh, and that's all my picks for today, Andy. So have you got anything else that you would like to uh, talk about? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do one more quickly. Um, that is uh, another series that is on, on Funimation, and uh, that is uh, Kakushi Goto, which is the newest series from uh, Koji Kometa, the author of Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei and Joshiraku, uh, two series that, uh, that are beloved of me. Like, uh, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei is, you know... <laughs> kind of maybe has aged a little with some of its jokes but it's still like a good a good fun uh, a good fun series in, in both manga and anime form and Joshiraku like sadly not available in the UK but it's, it's a hilarious show um, and uh, so Kekushi Goto is basically the story of um, a guy and his daughter um, and uh, the guy is uh, very determined that his uh, his young daughter does not learn his his true job. So ev- every morning he gets into his business suit. He wanders off uh, in the opposite direction to his daughter's school. He stops off like some kind of reverse Mister Ben to uh, to change into. <laughs> 
to to change into casual clothing, um, and then he goes to his manga studio because he is the author of kind of slightly pervy and off color manga, and he's desperate that his daughter doesn't find out. Um, and basically, if you if you've seen any of uh, Sano Zetsubo Sensei or Joshiraki, you'll know that like Koji Kometa's thing is he just kind of like finds a topic and then just sort of endlessly circles around it in the name of comedy. And this is kind of another really, an attempt to do that, but through sort of the lens of a manga author. Um, and it's pretty entertaining. Like, I, I really like the presentation of the anime adaptation. I've recently read the first volume of the manga as well. Um, it's really nicely presented, um, and it, it has some good gags to it. Like, it's sort of, it's a bit of a slow start at times because it has to kind of set up its premise every time for whatever you know stupid thing it's going to make jokes about. But it has some it has some good gags. It, it got some laughs out of me. Um, and as somebody who is who's a fan of his past work, I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, going to be keeping up with it and uh, and watching it week on week. So uh, so yeah, that's the the other kind of new season show that I've been been watching on the the Funimation side of things. Oh, there we go. And uh, one thing I actually um, I meant to mention about Sakura Wars, just because it's just come into my brain that I, I wanted to clarify. When I was saying that it takes place after the events of the upcoming in English, but has been available for quite a while game in Japan, it isn't a deterrent to actually enjoying this because I have not, I've not played the game. I don't know what the story is. There are obviously some things which are like, okay, that clearly means something, but it's not to the point where it's a massive, massive roadblock you can just dive into this and just have a laugh and just take it in as it comes along um, yeah that's that's cool because yeah i think that's going to be the main thing there's probably quite a lot of people who have not who just know the series by name and haven't actually kind of checked it out so that's handy yeah and and sorry with the how do you pronounce the show you were just saying again is it kakushigoto uh, yeah kakushigoto uh, i i am very intrigued to see that now just because you've done that mr ben analogy i want to see how this <laughs> happens yeah yeah i mean sad, sadly it's not, you know it's pretty surface level mr ben analogy it doesn't really go go much deeper than that but uh, you know <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the free surface level mr ben i mean yeah the, you, you, you you wanted a podcast title you got a podcast. Yep, there you go <laughs> <laughs> there's also a lot i'm also suddenly going to start feeling really old because there's probably a lot of people listening to that like what what's mr ben google it kids <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, find find it. Hey, you, if you're stuck at home, watch watch the Mister Ben on YouTube. I'm sure there's probably some episodes around. Uh, it's uh, it's a thing. It's it's a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, folks, that is what we have been watching over the past couple of days. Let us know what you've been watching as well. Like if you've checked out Megalobox and got involved in our podcast, we hope you enjoyed that very much. And uh, there's plenty more anime coming this this. Uh, what season are we in now? Is it are we in spring? We are in the spring now. Yes, spring season. So there you go. So. Look forward to putting more talk on, on spring season anime in the coming weeks. So, Andy, before we wrap up, should we delve into the world of questions from the community and see what we've had submitted? Sure, well, let's, uh, let's grab some questions. And if you want to submit questions, folks, just get on Twitter. You can tweet at us directly and include the hashtag AskAllTheAnime so that we know it's directed for the podcast. Or feel free just to respond in the comments to one of the podcasts as you want to on Facebook and such. Or... Even easier, just go to the, the podcast page on our blog, blog.alltheanime.com, for the corresponding episode. Post in the comments there, and we will keep an eye out for the questions there. So, first of all, let's see what we've got. Ba -ba -da -ba -ba. Here's an interesting one from Nico. What's your opinion on having translated credits on releases? Surely as a collector's focus company, you would prefer Japanese credits rather than the terrible translated credits. 
I'm going to assume they mean the credits during like opening and ending title sequences. Yes, I would. I'd imagine so. As opposed to like just putting a black bar over and <laughs> just sticking some English text on, like they did back in the day. Yeah, with some yeah. things. Uh, I, uh, I mean, what, what's your thought? Well, I mean, I guess the, the main thing with that is that you know, obviously, a lot of the titles we release are, are not authored by ourselves. Um, so you know, it is often down to the personal predilections of, of whoever the uh, the company that has authored the original discs are. Um, I mean, personally. Uh, it, all all things being equal, I'd probably rather have credits that I can read uh, rather than credits that I cannot read um, on, on, a, on a personal level. And, and th- there are kind of exceptions to that, I guess. Like, clearly anything that has very stylized credits that actually, like, fit into the opening or ending animation in some really important way, maybe there's an exception to, to my feelings on it there. But I don't think there are many series that do that to be honest i mean the fact that most titles have you know clean opening and closing animations kind of tells you that you know they're, they're not an intrinsic part of the animation itself so yeah personally i'd rather be able to see and read and understand the names as somebody who's japanese is, is pretty ropey at best um than than the other than otherwise but yeah it very much depends from our company perspective on the, the materials that we have and uh, and you know who is authoring the discs to be quite honest yeah, definitely in that sense, I agree. From a personal point of view, it, it, forgive me if this sounds flippant, but it's actually never bothered me, to be honest. I think the only thing where it, it may have irked me really far back in the day, and you might be able to speak to this better than I can, Andy, um, I want to say it may have been the first volume of Razathon that ADV released. I want to say that there, there were credit The way the first episode started... I think the credits were appearing over the first scene of the show, and I think they just like tried to blur out the Japanese credits and stick English ones over the top because they weren't provided with clean versions of those scenes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember that specific. I can't instance, remember. I can't, I can't I remember. It was Razafon, but yeah, I, I definitely recall that being a thing that was done. And like, yeah, like I mean, if, if you are kind of mangling things to to you know force English credits onto there, or I seem to recall there being some cases where they basically you know replace the credits with a bunch of you know credits for the English cast, etc., etc., and kind of you know removed the credits for the Japanese cast and things like that. You know, if you're doing stuff like that, then yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a different argument. But uh... yeah, but in terms of just the, the credits, I like you. I I'd be probably more receptive to them if if they were there in English. But then again, the alternative that sometimes what companies do is they'll just leave the credits as they are, and then at the end of the episode, they'll just have a scrolling set of English credits, which is what happens on a lot of the uh, Gundam releases. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, like that's a pretty good compromise solution, really. You know, you're you're getting the the, the credits, you know, un, unaltered and unadulterated, but you are also getting the the English cast credits, or at least kind of the the high end ones. You know, the the the, the most I don't want to say the most important ones, but kind of you know the most recognisable ones at the very least. So yeah, I mean that 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 works. Like I'm I'm so totally fine with that as a kind of you know third way of doing of doing things with that. Yeah, and then another exception to that as well is sometimes on our releases, again, including some Gundam titles, funnily enough, we'll just have an option to view what the actual English translated credits are on the home screen. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, again, also also gives you the best of both worlds that way. 
Exactly. And uh, on that note, mate, I've actually just noticed the time, and I've just got a, a, a reminder that we're, we're meant to be doing something shortly. So we are going to wrap up the show here, everybody. But thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you go into the archives of our of our podcast at alltheanime.com. If you visit the blog, which is blog.alltheanime.com, you can find our recent episodes there, including the Megalobox special, the Card Captor Sakura special, also our Mammoth Near two-hour episode from last Wednesday when we had Dr. Jonathan Clements on the show. Loads and loads of great feedback on those episodes in particular. And, of course, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's phrased as now. I sort of forget half the time. And we'll be back on Wednesday with another show for you. If you've got any questions, feel free to send them in. We will be putting out the call for questions at some point over the next day or two as well. So keep an eye for that. And uh, who knows, Andy, we'll probably be talking a little bit more about brand new shows at that point. Or who knows what else? Uh, yes, yeah. I've kind of lost track of like what's coming out, what days from the spring season. But I'm sure we'll have new stuff to watch. And uh, I'm sure we have a whole bunch of other questions of yours that we can tackle. And uh, I suppose the other random thought that's just come to mind, Andy, is this may be the toughest spring season to keep up with in terms of knowing what day it is. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, (laughs) to be honest, uh, I mean, it's kind of a terrible habit of mine that I I think I actually keep tabs of what day it is on on a regular basis by what anime is airing that day. So, you know, maybe (laughs) maybe this will be the thing that, that actually saves my ability to know where I am in the week. Find out soon, folks. Find out soon. And the final thing I should make mention of, Andy, I, I nearly forgot, I can't believe I did. We should uh, we should announce what our next watch-along discussion topic is going to be for this coming Friday. Yes, absolutely. We uh, we should do that because uh, we know you guys have been enjoying uh, watching along with us. So, uh, yeah, let's let's pick another good one, I guess. So, how about we go down the more classic route when it comes to anime? Sounds good to me. So, let's go with Escaflone. Cool, yeah, Escaflone. I've got to admit, like, I've, I've not watched Escaflone dubbed either, so it's probably time that I should I should watch that with the, the new dub that they uh, they did a, a little while back. Indeed, folks, you can watch episodes one to three of Escaflone on Channel 4's All 4 service. And of course, alternatively as well, if you have already bought our DVD and Blu-ray release, you can enjoy the fun via those as well. So yes, this Friday, everybody, we will be talking about The Vision of Escaflone, episodes one to three. And uh, our ever-reliable third man, as it were, every Friday, Mr. Keith Copping, will be back to discuss it as well. I know he will be because I know he's very excited to watch it because he loves the show, just like I do. Yes, yeah, we, yeah, we put the word out to him, and, and he didn't swear at us or anything, so he seems quite keen. So. <laughs> so folks, look forward to that on Friday, and with that being said, we are going to sign out now. So from my Seraph... From my Seraph? No, that's a different show. From myself, Jeremy Graves. <laughs> I can't even end the show properly. From myself, Jeremy Graves. From him, Mr. Andy Hanley. We've been Team All the Anime, signing out. Thank you very much for listening. Bye, everyone. <laughs>